You are listening to another episode on the Man of Class podcast. I'm your host, Eric Yusko, founder of Man of Class, this podcast, and is your exceptional life strategist, helping those men overcome obstacles in life so they can live a fulfilling life. This episode I'm super excited for because this conversation, when is enough enough? Great question. Very hard for people to answer it. But in this episode, I think I've taken it a layer deeper so that we can finally put this to bed. So if you've had that question or thought about it at all, make sure to stay tuned. Every day, the world tolerates less and less of traditional masculine behavior, which has driven a new standard for men to be successful. How does one evolve so that they can win in today's world? Enter Man of Class, a place to empower men to break down traditional masculinity and build the necessary skill sets, mindset, and confidence to become the men that society desperately needs. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome back, guys. This episode is a combination of conversations that I've had with folks over the past, I'll say, three-ish weeks. It's, it's really weird, kind of serendipitous how these conversations will all of a sudden take place and then more of the same conversations will take place. And what ended up happening is it, it, was, it was weird. Like I had a conversation with a guy and we're talking about it in one sense and then all of a sudden... I found myself a couple of days later having a very similar type of conversation with two or three other guys. And then it made me start to ask a deeper question around enough, when is enough enough, and actually got to, I think, uh, a different way of looking at it, a different approach, and something that maybe you're doing every single day that you, you know, weren't aware of, but you could start to see how it aligns with <clears throat> having some troubles around money. So, you know, the first part of the episode is going to be around um, the whole episode is enough enough, but more specifically, it's going to be the first part will be around delayed gratification. And then I'll actually use a simple step on determining how much enough is enough. Uh, so that way, at least you get some sort of context. So it'll be a lot of awareness up front and then sort of a practical, uh, practical type approach on the back end of the episode. So let's just dive right in. It's very funny, like I said, so delayed gratification is is something that we always hear. And in some ways, people who have a lot of money will always preach and say, well, you know, you got to have delayed gratification. You got to work for today um, and be able to save for tomorrow and, and, and that whole thing. And that's and that's good, because what that does is that says that there's a prioritization of something bigger. And so you're foregoing maybe an immediate an immediate thing to kind of help plan for the future. Basically, another way is you're trying to protect your blind spots, right? Your your dead zones. And that's great because we all know when a blind zone has been exploited or, you know, something that we overlooked comes back to bite us. And then all of a sudden we have a big piece of humble pie or it sets us back or, you know, I insert, insert regret, shame, anger, frustration, overwhelm anxiety, depression, right? All those emotions comes up. And so, you know, it's really interesting because delayed gratification can be a good thing, but when it is taken to an extreme, then there's a lot bigger thing at play. And so too much of too much of anything can be disruptive. And so an extreme for delayed gratification is that I'm going to forgo everything today and I'm going to always save for tomorrow. And that's going to be where I prioritize. 
And we all know, you know, the super savers and um, those folks that are just always saying, you know, nope, nope, I'm going to save money for a rainy day. I'm going to stash money. I'm going to not do anything. I'm not going to take the trips. I'm not going to have a nice car. I'm not going to have a nice uh, house. Uh, I'm going to forego pretty much everything for today. And I'm always going to save for the tomorrow. And although that may work for them, that may not be what works for you and may in some instances turn you off from trying to get wealthy because you're like, well, if that's the only way to get wealthy, then that's not what I want to go do. And a lot of times, you know, you go and you read all these uh, financial books and that's oftentimes what it says is, well, you need to be saving anywhere from, you know, it could be as as low as 20 up to like 80% I've seen uh, in different literature. And again, right when you start thinking of trying to balance out a lifestyle, maybe have a family, maybe it's just yourself, but but really trying to figure out what's right for you. Reading a lot of that stuff can become a detriment or like deter you from maybe going down that journey because <clears throat> that's not something that you want to go do. You want to do some you want to get the same result, but done in a different way. And so that's where I kind of went back and I said, OK, you know, where where is all that stemming from? And then where is all the uncertainty around when is enough enough? because that seems to be plaguing so, so many people. And it makes sense. It makes sense that it plagues people. But there's also, there's the logical side and then there's the emotional side. Logic says, when is enough enough? You know, there's a logical approach to it. But once you go through that type of exercise, and we can kind of go through what that um, exercise is later in this episode, that's fine from a logical standpoint. But if it was purely logical, you would say, oh, follow these three steps or four steps. And after that, then you're good, right? Then you've answered the question, when is enough enough? Nine times out of 10, or I'll probably say 10 times out of 10, (laughs) we all go through that exercise some way or some form. Maybe we are aware of it or we're not. We get to it and we go, okay, um, that's great, but I still don't feel right. That's because the emotions are coming up. And again, right, unless we tackle our emotions and understand the energy around all those emotions, then you're just going to be left at being in a state of analysis paralysis, crunching numbers for the end of time, trying to convince yourself that you'll have enough, when in reality, you're still coming from a very scarcity and very uh, fear-based place. So I, I went to work, you know, like I said, I had these conversations. Uh, it was really weird. It was just like, that was the same conversation that I was having, like with guy after guy after guy. And I'm like, what the heck? And so that's what caused me to say, well, what's what's beneath all this? Because obviously, again, right, if this is president of one guy and then all of a sudden it's two and three and four, you know, after the fifth one, I start going, there's a trend here. This is something that it, it impacts most men. I can't say all men because I haven't talked to every man on the planet, but I can say most men, because if I've talked to, you know, five out of eight guys and that was the conversation that came up, then that tells me that that's heavy, you know, that's weighing heavily on everybody's brain. So I went to work. I started asking deeper questions, trying to figure out where where some of this could be coming from. And what I came to was a realization around something that we've been doing our entire lives that I think got manipulated along the way. Now, now that I probably have your attention because you're like, well, hold on a second. I've been doing this my whole life. And what do you mean manipulated? Was it manipulated by somebody else or was it manipulated by me? Like what what happened? Remember when you were a kid and your mom was like, hey, if you clean your room, we'll go get ice cream. Or, or she'll, she started out with, hey, go clean your room. And you're like, I really want to go clean my room. So you maybe did it for the first time. And then she's like, hey, you need to go clean it again. And then you're like, I mean, I guess I can. 
or they don't want to, right? And then all of a sudden it got uh, less and less and less. And so, you know, mom or dad would incentivize you and say, hey, we'll go get ice cream. We'll go, uh, we'll go to the amusement park. We'll go, do, you know, we'll watch that, fit, you know, your favorite movie or something, right? There was some carrot out there. And that was enough where it was like, okay, I, I'm going to go clean my room and then we're going to go get ice cream. And I really want ice cream. So if the only way for me to get ice cream is to clean my room, then I'm going to go clean my room. And that worked out well. But then there was almost a dependency on that. And, and that's okay because oftentimes that was a forming of a new habit. That meant, hey, if I go do things, then I'm going to get rewarded. And at the end of the day, that was how we went through and did everything, right? That's how chores got incentivized through money or through freedoms or through something. Um, that's, that's, you know, in a lot of cases, in a lot of households, that's the basic foundation of how money was introduced was through chores and incentivizing chores through, you know, money, right? Here's your allowance. You get your allowance if you take out the trash or whatever that your chores were growing up. And so that worked out well. As you grow up, then all of a sudden, you're right, you moved out, whether it's you went to college, you went to trade school, you just started working right out of, of high school, uh, whatever it was, as soon as you got out on your own, then the reward system fell on your shoulders before you were just the receiver of the reward system, right? Somebody would tell you, hey, go do this and I'll give you this money or go do this and we'll get you ice cream or whatever that it might be. Uh, the new Pokemon cards, right? That was the thing growing up was the Pokemon cards and uh, Game Boy games and, and all that stuff. So um Flashback for any of the <laughs> anybody listening to this going, that's actually what I did. And and so when you get out on your own, then all of a sudden you had to do both sides of the equation. You had to incentivize yourself to say, hey, I really don't want to get up. But if I go do this thing, uh, then I'll you know get paid, I'll get a job, I'll have more freedom, I'll get I'll get that sports car, whatever. If I if I finish my to do list, then I'll do something right. Well, then what ended up happening is because we were no longer the just the receiver, we became the judger of how well of a job we did. We moved our own our own uh, goalposts, our goal line. So when all of a sudden it was, hey, if I get my to do list, if I get all the stuff done in the office or or at home, if I clean the house or whatever else, you know, I'm going to go do something to celebrate. Right. Something fun. Uh, maybe it's as simple as just having a simple drink. Maybe it's as simple as going out for a nice dinner, whatever that it might be. Well, then we get to the end of the to-do list or the cleaning the house or whatever. And then we start rationalizing to ourselves. Well, it really wasn't that hard. Do I really deserve it? Or maybe, you know, what? I'm just so exhausted. I think I'm just going to fall asleep and I'm not actually going to reward myself. And so that is where the manipulation started happening. Because as soon as we rationalized and justified to ourselves why what we did wasn't actually valuable enough for the reward, then all of a sudden, the next time you had to go do the to-do list, you know, maybe it's like a couple times, right? Then all of a sudden you're like, well, wait a second, why am I going to go do all this if I'm not going to get my reward anyway? All, all it's causing me to do is just, you know, use my willpower in order to go get something done which we all know willpower is finite, right? It's not like you have an endless amount of willpower. Everyone l runs out. And if, if you don't believe me, then, you know, look at any anybody that starts a habit. There is a defining science on how to instill a habit successfully and how if you rely on willpower, you only have, you know, a week, two weeks before all of a sudden you start hitting the snooze button again, you stop going to the gym, 
you do whatever it is, right? Whatever the thing that you were trying to go do, you stop and then all of a sudden you relapse. You know, that's the whole reason of getting on the wagon, off the wagon, that whole terminology, because uh, essentially it's wrapped around that willpower. So just like, you know, and, and again, if, if we don't if we don't believe the situation, look at a, a similar type test. Scientists do this to, to animals all the time, right? Whether it's a rabbit with a food pellet, whether it's a dog with a food, with a treat, uh, whatever it was. If you hit a button, right? If the animal hits a button, gets a treat. Realizes hits a button, gets a treat. Well, if it hits a button and all of a sudden no treats come out, then sooner or later they're going to realize I keep hitting this button and nothing's coming out. So why am I going to keep hitting this button? They want me to hit this button, but I'm not getting anything out of it, right? The reward system's broken. So then they stop hitting the button. And so where I'm going with that is your brain now looks at you as basically out of integrity with yourself because before you said, hey, we're going to go do this. And then when you rob yourself of that reward system, that can have lasting effects where now all of a sudden you don't trust yourself. Now, when you don't trust yourself, think, you know, think for a moment where that could lead to. That could lead to maybe if I save all this money for the future, I'm going to be able to really enjoy retirement. I'm going to be able to buy that beach house. I'm going to really go do all that stuff. Really? Are you? Because you don't have any data to support that because you can't even reward yourself on a simple, you know, completing a to-do list because you rationalize why that's not a big deal. Well, this is going to be different. How is it going to be different? Well, it's going to be monumentous because it's going to be this, that, or whatever. How many times have you promised yourself a car and then all of a sudden you didn't get the car or you get a toy and then you're like, ah, now it's too expensive. I don't want to, right? That money will be better suited maybe here, there, wherever. Or you know what? I'm going to go buy for somebody else and you're not going to go buy for for you. That's that's that whole thing. Well, instead of maybe going and doing something for myself because I'm the one that did the hard work, now all of a sudden, yeah, maybe I'll just take the whole family out and maybe like that'll kind of rationalize why, you know, I, I did this for everybody else. But if you don't do it for yourself, and, and again, you can do it for yourself for others and you can just say, hey, we're going to do this and we're going to go on vacation, right? But if you started with something that you really wanted and then you pivoted away from that to go please other people, now, all of a sudden, you're again, your brain's looking at you going, you did it to me again, so I definitely don't believe you. So then when you start thinking of, I'm going to save all this money for retirement one day, how do I really know when enough is enough? Because you may get to the point where you go, yeah, I don't believe that you're going to allow me to go do this because maybe it's a million, right? And then you're going to get to the end of the road and you're going to say, well, I still can't touch that money because you built a learned habit of don't touch that money. And it's really hard to flip that switch, right? Get to 65 and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm going to spend all the money. You've been in such saver mode for a long time. And then you're also not going to reward yourself. So again, most people will will look at saving for retirement as relying on their willpower because in you know, instead of looking at it of, hey, if I'm going to go do this, I'm, I'm really going to be able to enjoy my life later. And I'm enjoying my life really now, right? I've, I've got a reward system set up, a system that confirms that I really am going to treat myself well, treat my family well, really do these things with integrity, then it'll give a lot more trust in your future self when all of a sudden you've got more money, that means you're going to have more fun and more enjoyment. But a lot of times we do the opposite. We try to to make today super painful, you know, cut close to the bone, don't spend any money, hoard and save and come from a scarcity mindset and then think that it's going to switch. And a lot of that, I think, is linking back to the reward system. Because again, when I talk to most guys, 
you know, they'll, they'll complete, you know, they'll start a morning routine or uh, they'll finally reach out to that person that they've been wanting to reach out to for <laughs> weeks and they just haven't been able to do it because there's been such emotional blocks. Finally get them to a place where they're like, yes, I'm going to go do this. And they actually do it. And I'm like, reward yourself. And they go, it's just knowing that I did that is reward enough. And I'm like, that's not good enough. I, I don't mean to superimpose, but that's not good enough because what you're doing is you're basically downplaying if there, if you've had so much emotional energy against going and doing something and you finally do it, that's the thing that needs to be celebrated because that's the thing that you really want to go do, what you resist persists. So when you break through that resistance, now all of a sudden it allows a new opportunity to be able to form. Maybe instead of waiting until the last minute on stuff, you start becoming more proactive. Well, if you don't reward yourself on being proactive and you just go, well, I finally did it, that isn't going to stay. And so a lot of habits and trends and, and um, programming can be linked back to a very simple reward system because that was one of the earliest things that we as humans had done, right? And I'm sure if you have kids, you're probably doing the same thing. Hey, go put that away and I'll give you a cookie, right? Go do this and we'll take you for ice cream um, because you're trying to work on them in that instance that says, Hey, I know you want, you do not, you definitely don't want to go do this thing, but I know if you go do this thing, ultimately you'll feel better because you know, your toys are put away and mommy and daddy feel better because the house is clean, but go and do this and we'll give you a reward, right? Because they may not have the level of understanding of, Hey, when all your toys are put away, you're less likely to trip over them, you know, break them and treat things with respect. That's another pillar, right? That will, that can come in much later. So, you know, what is, what does that look like <clears throat> for money, right? When is enough enough? And then looking at it through, through this lens. Well, that means that when you go through and you say, Hey, I'm doing this. Um, let's say that you want to save 10%, 20%, whatever that it might be. Um, and we'll figure out what that number is based on the, the second part of the episode. But when you start out with that, how are you rewarding yourself for actually doing the thing that you set out to go do? which is to save. Now it's counterintuitive, right? Because most of the time it would be like, well, I'll, I would want to go spend money, but I don't want to spend money because I'm trying to save money. Maybe that could be a thing, but it could be, it could be non-financial. It could be maybe going for a drive. It could be maybe going for um, a run. It could be who knows what, right? There, if you attach something that brings a lot of joy and happiness along with saving money, then you can reframe the whole saving money as something fun, right? And a reward system for like, hey, you know what? I know, you know, I, we, not, we, not, we might not be able to go out to dinner as often this month, but if I do it and, you know, maybe I give ourselves one time to go out and then there puts more emphasis on that time going out is actually really special instead of just sort of the norm. And there's a lot in there that you could actually start to rewrite to help form new financially smart habits, just being more aware around the money. And, but if you just, if, if it's just, well, I need a budget, right? The, the, anytime I say the word budget, everybody cringes. Most people cringe, not everybody. Some people love budgets, but most people will look at that and go, oh, right. It's so strict. It's so this, it's so I have to forgo, right? It's, it's such a scarcity type approach that, you know, most people don't want to do it. When if they when you can flip that and say, hey, if I actually stay in budget, that means that I can actually budget out some fun money for us to go do something. Now I can actually rewrite budgeting as something fun instead of 
limiting. I can look at it as a way of freeing me financially as opposed to uh, something I have to endure that I don't really want to go do because I just want to spend all my money. And so there's, again, that integrity because if you only do that and you only it's only drudgery and willpower that you are relying on, then you're not going to be able to get to the point where you want to get to financially. And then at the end of the day, you'll have regrets. And that's the number one thing that I always try to help not only my clients, but literally every guy that I talk to is how is it that we can build your life without having regret? And most people say, I have no regret. You know, I live without regret. And then you'll talk about something and then you can tell they won't use the word regret. They'll use literally every other language <laughs> in the encyclopedia or the dictionary to basically discuss regret without saying regret because they don't live with regret. Um, but there's still some type of sadness, right? They're not as happy as they could be. They're fine instead of joyful and they're doing okay instead of you know flourishing and doing wonderfully. So emotion is a big key. If one thing you get away from this is if if you're having you know the one is enough enough, it's probably because there's a scarcity type mindset and there's a lot of fear and a lot of distrust within yourself, especially if you have been you know not with integrity in yourself. Meaning, if we go do this, then I'll treat myself, and you never treat yourself because. Then you're then you're basically always judging yourself by saying I don't trust. You, so you want me to save my money? That doesn't mean that I'm ever going to be able to do anything with it. It's just going to sit there, right? I'm going to be super stressed when I have to start taking that money out. So definitely just be aware that there's an emotional component. And as always, right? If if that's if that's something that's on your brain, you know that's that's a conversation that I have with many many guys, and we kind of get to root cause on on where some of that stuff can be coming from. So. You know, if if that's something that's burdening you right now, don't hesitate to reach out, reach out and get the help, uh, whether whether that's just a conversation. I, I've talked to Chad at many great lengths about this. So, again, if if you feel more comfortable talking to Chad, reach out to him because he he also is he had struggled with that and had worked and overcame that. So he also gets it. It's not something that like we were both just born with and we're like, oh, obviously, this is the right choice. It's something that we both had had a tough journey to work our way through, but realized that it was only through that journey that was going to get us ultimately to where we wanted to be. And so that then gets us to the second piece. So the first piece was all emotional, right? Definitely just be aware of the emotions, be aware of where that stuff comes from. There may be some stuff around the reward system and taking extremism. And there may also be just a, if coming from a place of scarcity, that it may be hard to, to flip that over to abundance later in life. So when is enough enough logically? Well, really, it's it's a simple process because this this one is enough enough always is a unfinished sentence. And I say unfinished sentence because the real sentence should be when is enough enough for you. But we never say when is enough enough for you. It's just when is enough enough. And that's way too open ended because if you're there's so many different factors that can go into it. But when we so when we try to do a broad term, then we go, well, you know, what are the averages? Well, the average, you know, American, let's say, will. I don't know, save, you know, one point two billion dollars and we go, OK, well, that that might be it. And then you'll question, you go, well, is that enough for me? I don't know. Right. How would I go about that? Is that is should it be enough or do I really need that much? Maybe I don't need that much. And so. Again, you know, the conversation I have with, with guys definitely towards getting to that point in career when they have saved and they're like, hey, I've got X amount in the bank account. I, when is enough enough? Um, 
it, it really boils down to how you plan on entering into retirement and what does retirement really look like for you? Initially, retirement was, well, I'm going to work at a job and then when I retire, I'm going to literally do nothing. I'm going to travel. I'm going to go do whatever. Well, the world has really opened up. And I say that I know in COVID things have actually not opened up. They've closed down. But there's there's been a lot of opportunities with the birth of the Internet. There's been a lot of opportunities in just so many different companies in general. And what I mean by that is there are many people now that can work remotely. So instead of for people, right, it was oh, I hate to go into the office. You could always retire from that role and actually just go be a part time person, you know, working remotely. And all of a sudden you get to still have some semblance of purpose without having to, you know, be in the office and grind it out every single day, being like the major leader of projects, you can go do a supporting role somewhere. Right. Or maybe it's you love being outdoors and in nature and you may you know, choose to work as a farm help, uh, helping some folks, you know, pick vegetables, you know, pr pr uh, process produce or whatever that it is. And so there's so many different opportunities now that the word retirement it can be nebulous. Right. It can be you, it could be as simple as just on off, you know, all work and then no work. Or it could just be, I'm going to retire from this role into something other role. So that all plays a key point because whenever you're looking to transition, then the question is, well, are you able to cover finances equivalently, right? Because if you go from all to nothing and you're relying solely on your investments, that's a different approach than if you were to say, hey, maybe I have monthly expenses of $10,000, Right. If you go from zero, if you go from having to, you know, 10,000 plus um, a month and then you go down to making zero and you have to rely on your investments for $10,000, well, then, yeah, you're going to have to have a lot more because wealth is defined as, you know, how much money over a period of time. Because, again, you can have a million dollars in the bank, but if you're if you go through a million dollars in one year, your wealth number is one year. Whereas if you have a million dollars and your expenses are $1,000 a month, then you've got a really long um, roadway, if you will, on wealth because you're only pulling a little bit. And, you know, even at that point, you're probably just pulling off the interest, at which point then you'd say you've got it for eternity, right? Your wealth is eternally wealthy. Um, you'll have stuff to pass down to your kids. So that all depends, right? Are you going to go to zero income later in life? Or is it that you're going to have some type of a reduced? Because if you go at 10K budget and you say, well, now I really want to I want to do something where I only work part time and maybe I'm only making 5K a month, then that will look different because now you're doing a hybrid where you're pulling 5K from investments and then maybe 5K from a paycheck, right? Or if you say 10K and you say, hey, 10K is where I'm at, but I've got a house payment, a car payment and some of this other stuff. Well, if I can get my house and my car paid off. Now, all of a sudden, right, your monthly expenses go from 10,000, maybe down to 5,000. And you go, hey, now, if I, I can only maybe I just bring in $2,500. Right. And so that looks very differently. That allows you to do pretty much anything that you want to go do. So it's it's all around how and where do you want to transition? And ultimately, right, as we get older, you'll you'll want to transition to be fully you know, fully non-working because at some point it might be harder to get around. 
uh, harder to do things and you want to set yourself up for that. But know that it's it doesn't have to be before it was age 65 and then like on off. Now we're getting to a point where people are retiring in their 40s or 50s. They're retiring from one career and maybe doing another career or maybe starting their own business in their 50s and you know transitioning. And so retirement really like when pencils down, pencils down isn't as important of a thing anymore because it's really a transition and it's a slow transition from being fully, you know, let's say a fully W2 to maybe somebody who is not doing anything anymore. Doesn't mean that you still can't become an, an active investor. Again, there's so many opportunities now, whether it's real estate, you know, talk to Chad about all that. There's, there's so many opportunities in here that you can then invest in different things or become business partners in a business that maybe you really love. You know, you really love the hair industry. Find a local, a local hair shop and see if they could use a business partner, you know, and you take some of the, the money that you've saved up and you invest in that. And now all of a sudden you can actually be part owner in a hair salon. And that's something that you love. You spend all your time doing that anyway, except now all of a sudden you've taken your time and actually getting money back for it. So there's, there's so much out there that can really open up that it doesn't have to be sort of a onesie twosie type thing anymore of like it has to be all w2 and then i have to ha i have to save 2.3 million dollars and then 2.3 million dollars is going to give me a runway of you know 20 years because <clears throat> the other scary thing that we talked about one of the biggest fears in baby boom baby boomers right now as they retire is essentially worrying they're going to run out of money so this approach of looking at how you want to get into retirement also looks at what is it that you can go do is maybe stepping yourself down in time and more stepping up in passion, right? That should always be the goal is how do you step up, you know, to do things that you are really passionate about while stepping down the amount of time and effort that needs to go into it. So you can start getting more into owning your own life and being able to show up how you want to go do, whether it's time freedom, location freedom, et cetera. And so that, again, is another thing that you can look at the future generations and say, how are they doing it? <clears throat> what are the things that they're worried about now that I can actually take and start to form into my retirement plan? These are all things that most of the time we don't really talk about. And there's going to be an episode that I talk about the actual communication around money because it's a, it's a very, very big topic that needs to get addressed. So uh, I'm going to plant that seed now and then we'll revisit that at a future episode. But, you know, simply put, the formula is taking what lifestyle that you want to have, working your way through what does that work out to a budget on a monthly standpoint, and then how much money do you need to cover and where all those sources come from, right? So if you can reduce, if you can pay off all the, the things that you've got, and again, there's different ways in, in doing that as well. But if you get down where you minimize the expenses and you can actually get your your expenses covered by a couple of different avenues, then all of a sudden retirement looks a lot easier. And again, if if you want a bougie lifestyle and that's traveling all over the world, then then perfect. Right. Then go then go for that, too. That just means your numbers are going to be different. There's simply no, neither good nor bad. It's just all the numbers. Right. What are the numbers for the lifestyle that you want? And if you're having a hard time with lifestyle, Again, that's a perfect conversation. Uh, again, I have with a lot of clients where it's what are what are the things that you want out of life? You may have been so head down, nose to the grindstone on working on, you know, towards retirement, but then 
you're thinking that it's, once you get to retirement, life's just going to snap into place. And in reality, it's only going to snap into place if you if you put in the attention of where it is that you want to go do, right? Where, where do you want to live? Who do you want to live with? How do you want to live? Is that something that is, you know, you're taking a trip, you know, uh, four trips a year. Is it is it that you're traveling 200 or 300 days out of the year? Or is it that you are, you know, content with living in the city and you're just going around and maybe helping, working at a nonprofit, maybe starting a charity? There's so much out there for life, you know, for you to tap into that unless you have that North Star of where you want your lifestyle to be, you'll have a hard time again balancing out the budget and figuring out where your numbers come from. So you'll never be able to answer from a logical standpoint when enough is enough. Because if you just say, well, I just want to be able to retire, but you don't really know what that looks like. It could be anywhere between $500,000 to, you know, $10 billion depends on, depends on so much of what you want and where all that money may come from or where it could come from. And then starting to build out that roadmap of what, what is where you're at now and where you want to be. So again, that's the logical side. I know earlier we talked a lot about the emotional side. There are very two strong you know, pieces there, the logical and the emotional side. But hopefully after, th- after going through this episode, things are making a little bit more sense of how your emotions could be getting the best of you in this situation, or it actually could be logical, right? Maybe we haven't done enough due diligence on what is the right lifestyle for you and maybe what that looks like right? Where is that money going to come from? How do you want it to come from? Is it something that you just want to put all your money into the 401k and pull it out, you know, after age 65? Is it that you want to start, you know, have businesses, have active income generating businesses that you manage? You know, there's so, so many different things that can allow you to navigate your life in such a way that brings a lot, brings you a lot of joy. And that's the really cool part. And that's the conversations I love to have. I will have a conversation with you any day of the week around all that stuff, because to me, that is the essence of life. And if that seems very far and distant for you, that means that we haven't had that conversation or you haven't even had that conversation or maybe even the awareness around that conversation yet. But the very first step is that awareness. And once you have that awareness, then you can start building out the framework on what you think that it needs to look like. So that way you can go and start living your exceptional life here and today. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that was helpful. If you have any feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, eric.usco at manofclass.com with your thoughts from the show episode. Or if if there's further on questions and you go, hey, you know, you covered this topic, but it doesn't quite make sense. Don't hesitate. Reach out. Uh, That's what we're here for. We're trying to build, you know, the goal with this season is essentially to have enough breadcrumbs for anybody, whether you're listening to it now in 2021 or whether it's sometime in the future that you stumble upon this and you go, oh man, like this is exactly what I need right now to get me down my wealth journey path so that I can start having a better life and really ultimately having more enjoyment in my life. So that my friends is the exceptional life. That's what I harp on all the time. And so with that, we'll go ahead and close for today and just remember, keep moving forward and we'll talk soon. Did you know that 8 out of 10 men are living a life that they wish was better? I believe living an exceptional life means unlearning everything that we've been taught and dropping the shoulds immediately. 
which is why I created a brand new ebook titled Coaching Secrets, How to Break Out of Ordinary and Live an Exceptional Life. I wanna show you the mindsets, strategy, and tactics you need to live the life you were meant to be so that you can step into the vision that you have for yourself but maybe haven't taken action. And the best part about it, it's yours absolutely free. To get your copy, head on over to manofclass.com forward slash coaching secrets. And you can start living that life right now.